Board colleagues, questions, comments? Ms. O'Grady. Thank you so much, Mr. Bird and Dr. Natris, for um, sharing with us what's coming down the pike. Uh, and I'm going to be going through it with a lot of parents as I have a rising freshman. So, uh, and this will be the first time I do it in this way. So that's great. I wanted to ask, in previous, uh, my previous experience, seniors look forward to senior experience. But it seems, from my experience, I think it comes at the end of their senior um, year. Is this going to change a little bit? Will students be able to have more exposure to the outside and not have to wait till the last few weeks of school to get it? Want me to take it? Yes. In the past, it's been the last three weeks of the school year, um, their senior year, and they would come back and share their experiences with their, uh, with their classmates in a culminating activity. But because of the reduction in requirements, we're going to be able to offer these opportunities throughout the, the, the course of it. Well, as a student matriculates through school, not just their senior year, but throughout their time in school, we would hope that we would be able to engage externships from sixth grade through twelfth grade. Thanks so much. I know that that's been a highlight for um, students I've mentored and for my own students. So I'm excited to hear that kids will be able to get out and do more things in the community and help their communities in ways that they find are meaningful through to them. And I'm also excited to hear about the opportunity for our students to be more exposed to teaching uh, careers. Um, because as I've heard from Dr. Murphy, um, Virginia is looking at um, potentially um, a, a teacher shortage. And so I think it's exciting when kids can come back and teach in the schools that they actually matriculated through. So I appreciate you concentrating on that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Ms. Chalanto. I just wanted to clarify that for our rising sophomore, rising juniors, and rising seniors, they are under the old standards. So they will have, if you're an advanced diploma, will need nine verified credits. Um, and they will continue with the current models that we have for senior experience, which are slightly different at all three schools. Is that correct? Or, yes, or actually, let me rephrase that because I was thinking as Ms. O'Grady was speaking, that maybe we start transitioning to newer models, and that would be exciting, but if you could engage a community in that, because um, I have a senior now, but I know that perhaps the rising sophomores may have an opportunity, or even juniors, depending on how quickly we can implement that. So if you could elaborate a little bit on that, that would be wonderful. Okay. Um, so I would say a couple of things to that. You're exactly right in that the transition will be starting. I think the key piece that you won't see as much as for the sophomores, juniors, and seniors is the credit piece, right? Those requirements will stay in place. The other three elements of the new graduation requirements related to the profile of a graduate, related to the career exploration, and then the focus on the five Cs, we're already starting to build that in. So um, Ty had spoken to Sarah Putnam's work around career exploration. We're starting to look at that with our middle school curriculum documents now and some of the high school experiences around internships and various job shadowing experiences and other elements will be in place even for students if they're not formally part of the graduation requirements. We're also building the five C's into our curriculum documents with a lot more of the project-based learning focus and this summer when we do our work it will be with ELA, social studies, and math. So all of the things here will start being built into that, even though it's not a requirement necessarily, um, because it's good practice, right? It's great for all of our kids to participate in a lot of the things that are in these graduation requirements, and there's no reason not to move forward on them. Sure. 
Yeah, Ms. Van Doren. Hi, uh, on, thank you very much, Mr. Bird. Um, on slide eight, uh, this is a very confusing slide. If you have students at one point in the school, this is accurate, and it's not accurate for other students. Uh, I think the difference in a standard and a verified credit is confusing to parents. So I'm going to, again, request that there be footnotes on this slide, because whether we like it or not, PowerPoints are now used as note-taking. And people will go to this on the website, and you could potentially have somebody who thinks they only need five verified or, or credits to graduate incorrectly believing that. So we don't want that to happen. So I would suggest footnoting this and explaining the difference between a standard and a verified credit because it's really confusing for families. It's really, really confusing. And we need to look at these documents as, as standalone. I don't believe that's the way PowerPoint was invented, but it's the way it is now. So let's please, please define standard and verified and explain that this is true for what years, which students, Kay. because that, that could be a problem. But this is great, and thank you very much for all your work. We can absolutely do that. Anything else? Um, okay, thank you, as everyone has said. Um, I have a question slash comment as well. Actually, it was on the same slide and the one before that. I wasn't able to see the number. So actually, uh, on, the, on the slide that Ms. Van Doren was talking about, um, First of all, as you noted, I think those the number of credits has not changed. Is that correct? That's accurate. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And then I think it's the slide before that where you, yeah. And um, under the high school piece, you sort of talk about the things that have you have in place. And so there's really nothing in these requirements that are new to APS is the message. And so um, what I concluded from that was a little bit different than what uh, what I'm hearing my colleagues conclude, so I want to confirm where this is headed. I kind of concluded that not much has to change in how we do high school. We might want to, tr we've always talked about wanting to have more internships and things like that and, and develop our programs more, but I, I'm not under the impression that this, that, that you're telling us you're really changing how we do high school. There may be a change in, in format and trying to bring a bit more consistency to our approach. As Ms. McGrady mentioned, they're different at every school, and, mm -hmm. and we would like to maybe bring some consistency to the way we offer opportunities for our students to engage in externships. Wakefield has a senior project. Uh, externships are available. Right. So, that, so whether or not we're going to go that approach with each school is to, be con is to be determined, but we would like to bring some consistency to it. So some thinking about that looking across the different programs, figuring out how to do it better, maybe offer more opportunities in some of these things, but there's no, there's no fundamental shift in how we're doing high school. No, ma'am. Okay. Okay. Oh, Dr. Murphy. <laughs> and I don't want to confuse the matter with this presentation and some of the dialogue that happened leading up to this, but there are some things that uh, occurred prior to the state board adopting this and us moving forward with the graduation requirements that I think still could play out. So the first one, uh, as a result of my involvement with the SOL Innovation Committee and also then leading the subcommittee on high school redesign, we wanted to make sure that we embedded the five C's into all aspects of the curriculum. There was a heavy thread that said uh, getting children ready for careers and workforce was critical. And all we continue to hear is about the five C's 
and uh, taking away an emphasis, so to speak, just solely on students having rote knowledge or content. So I think uh, while Mr. Bird may not have uh, elevated it to uh, that, um, you know, to that degree, I think what he did say, though, is looking at how we embed those five C's across all the curriculum areas, and I think that'll be something that will be developed. The second point was with the committee work, we wanted to reduce the number of standardized tests. That was accomplished, I will say, to some degree, not to the committee's level of recommendation, and we wanted to also move in the direction of performance assessments, which, by the way, we do a very good job with. I want to commend Kathy Hicks and her entire team, but that's evident across all of the um, social studies curriculum areas where uh, they have those performance assessments. I think our advocacy in Arlington for that, by the way, can uh, be very helpful to the policymakers down in Richmond, and I think we, they need to continue to hear our voice on that. There was some reservation, I have to tell you, about substituting some of the standardized tests for performance assessments, um, but I think we've made, we've made some inroads. I think the final piece is, and we have to remember, uh, the most western part of uh, the state of Virginia is to the west of Detroit. Um, so this is a very diverse state uh, with a variety of different economic bases. I think we do have a nice uh, baseline for uh, internships and um, experiences outside of the classroom. I think we can build on that, and by the way, I think we can lead on that. And so I think this really gives us the venue and the opportunity to kind of go in that direction. I still think we can reduce the number of standardized tests that students earn verified credits. I think that's something we need to continue to talk about. We haven't gone far enough, and I think having students demonstrate knowledge beyond just bubbling in a test sheet is something that we need to continue to explore. Again, we are on the forefront of that. So you've got this kind of uh, balancing act going. This is as far as we've gone today with what Mr. Bird has shared, and then how do we continue to move forward with some of the things that the group has talked about, and not only the Innovation Committee, but across the state, uh, different groups are talking about that. I think the board's advocacy with policymakers really is um, sort of the next venue that we need to approach. So a little bit more than you perhaps wanted or needed, but it kind of gives you the whole balance of the picture and the backdrop and some of the thinking that's behind why we're here right now. We can go all night. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're, we're, still, we're still discussing here. So um, uh, to summarize what you're saying then, I mean, and what my point, I guess, was really the structure itself has not really changed. High school students, most of high school students are going to go and take seven courses, you know, the uh, across. English, math, uh, social studies, and science will stay. But what, what you're describing, though, the, is that within those courses, there's going to be a little bit more of a, a framework of the five C's and a different way of, of thinking about what they're doing in those courses. And it's incumbent upon us to measure it, to measure how we're doing that and yep. report that to the state. So again, it's exciting for us to be creative in ways that we haven't been in instruction That's for some time. That's one of the C's. Yes. Yeah, make sure that you, you do the five C's as you, we're as you do that, your work that as well. And I know I've, we, we've got comments, another round of comments coming here. So Ms. Van Doren. Dr. Murphy, um, I believe also connected to this is the change in the law and then our policy that does not require a certain number of hours per class. So I, I just want to comment on that because it does open up 
the possibility of students doing internships and getting credit or learning a language somewhere else and coming back mm -hmm. and some of that is already happening so it right. does potentially loosen up chunks of time during the day for I'm I'm leading you to give more information about that because I'm very excited about that I, I'm going to turn to Dr. Natras, but you're right, the sort of the Carnegie unit uh, type of approach mm -hmm. that we all experienced of 140 hours of seat time, we do have flexi we have a tremendous degree of flexibility. Mm -hmm. Dr. Cannon, I'll only say to your comment that, uh, yes, while it may look uh, similar to what we currently have, there are beginning to be some degrees of freedom with student choices, um, and I think that's evident with some of the programs that we're also starting at the secondary level. Ms. Vanderman, you're referring to the policy that we passed this summer, um, end of June, because we can now waive the 140 seat requirements for standard credit. So it does give students a lot of opportunity. And so, Dr. Cannon, when you say, will this change the structure of high school? Maybe, um, to some degree, when we think about that flexibility around seat time, right? We're very used to students have to be in seven periods a day in these courses because of the hours required. And now we're talking about ways to have more competency-based opportunities while looking at embedding the five C's. And when you think about some of the things we're seeing, for example, at Arlington Tech around project-based learning and students are in a cohort and the project that they're doing in their Algebra two class is directly related to what they're doing in their English class and is related to something that they're doing in a history course are all interrelated, which is different than the structure that we have seen for high school over the last century, right? And so I think this does provide some degrees of flexibility, some degrees of freedom, and to really think about what are those kinds of instructional things that really engage our students in different ways. So it could be that they're doing projects like that for three periods, then they're going and doing an internship, and then they're doing something else. So we may see some of that shifting. It's not gonna be dramatic, it's not gonna be immediate, but I think we're going to continue to have a lot of conversations around that, particularly with some of the flexibility that is provided, both with the reduction in assessments, the performance tasks that can be um, looked at for some of the verified credits, and that policy that actually came before this um, to really speak to, here are some of the things that are exciting possibilities of our students. So. Mr. Lento. I did want to um, continue a little bit of the thread that's of the conversation that's being had at the dais. Um, so I think all of us here have had high school students, but this is really affecting parents who possibly have not had high school students at this time. And if they know any families who have had high school students, I'm sure they're very nervous about the rigor and the time and the stress that we have in our high schools. And so I do want to reiterate a little bit, and please correct me if I am translating this incorrectly, that 26 credits divided by four years is six and a half credits a year. You don't have to do it in your head. I did it on a calculator. It's confirmed. <laughs> but what that means is that if we're taking seven classes every year, we have extra space senior year. Our current students don't always have that flexibility due to the nine verified credits, making sure they're passing tests, due to the lack of internships and externships in the um, current change in flexibility that we've offered that we didn't offer before. I don't want our new parents thinking that their kids are going to have to take 
seven credits their senior year and find a way to do an internship. Right. And for us who are already there, recognize this is great flexibility, but for new parents, like, well, wait a second, how is that gonna work? Mm -hmm. And really what it has done is because we've reduced verified credits and because we're looking at some of the information that you shared about integrating and exploring a lot of the five C's, it will allow our students to look at different ways to manage their senior, possibly their junior, depending on how they lay out their high school mm -hmm. path. Is that correct, or yes. can you clarify that if not? And I would think about things like internships, externships, work-based experiences as part of a course. So when we talk about standard credits, it's not necessarily that I'm going to do my traditional course, right, for my block in that seven period and then do an internship on top of. It might be that I'm in a health and PE course and I have this great internship or an econ and personal finance course and I can get the information on the standards and things that I need through my internship and maybe I'm in that class three days a week in my internship two days a week and it's not on top of, right? It becomes a very integrated approach and I think that's what the message can be to families who are like, oh, this is, it actually does allow for more integration and hopefully less of that anxiety around how do I keep accruing all of this um, throughout my high school career. Uh, gets even more flexible. A lot of our students take uh, some of these courses in middle school. Yes, correct. So That's you could exactly actually right. free up and your senior year yes. quite a bit. If in summer school, and we have all kinds of opportunities. Summer school, you can take courses for new, new, new yep. courses for credit in summer as well. You can, yes. you, yeah. you can just graduate early, Ms. Talento. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I think we're. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you, and I do want to thank Sarah who was here this. earlier, Putnam, um, and Pam McClellan, and they both had to leave, but they have worked really closely with Mr. Bird on rolling some of this information out. So just want to thank them Definitely. in abstention. Definitely, so. yep. All right. Thank you. Thank you.